Welcome to Illuminate Greatness, the podcast that explores the latest trends in marketing and public relations and highlights the most positively powerful brands and people who are making a difference in our world. And now your host, entrepreneur, marketing and public relations expert, advocate, spiritual explorer, mother, and founder of Olive Creative Strategies, Jennifer Borba von Stauffenberg. Welcome to Illuminate Greatness. I am so inspired to be sitting here today with Kim Bauman. She is the founder of One Love Movement, a social justice organization committed to helping children. And I have had the pleasure of knowing Kim for a few years. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored, Jen. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) Of course. Well, I wanted to start out by sharing how we met because I think there's an opportunity for a lot of organizations when they hear this story. And the reason specifically I want to share this is because it could have gone a certain way, and I think it went the way it should have. So I had the pleasure of meeting Kim years ago. You actually called my office to have services for your event, and you just described it as a yoga event, fundraiser. And we said, thanks so much. We're really being strict with what we bring on right now. And unfortunately we can't take on a small event this time of year because we have so many things going on. Good luck. And we wish you the best. And then we were also doing the PR at the time for the global meditation with the Chopra center. And I'm sitting in the audience and I'm just so inspired and excited to be part of this global event with Deepak Chopra himself and Gabriella Bernstein was part of it. And it was just an extraordinary honor for me. It was like living on purpose. And all of a sudden, this woman stands up in front of the audience who I've never met before. And it's Kim and you're telling your story. And I'm sitting there in tears, blown away that you never shared any of it with me when you called. And so Later that day, I ran into you in the bathroom and I'm like, hello, I'm helping you with your event because, oh my God, I had no idea that this is what it was about and what you were doing. And of course, yes, and we're going to do a pro bono and I wish we had more time and how come you didn't tell me before? So if you're up to something big and you are in need of services of any kind, please, please tell your story. Because I almost missed an opportunity to be part of something that has really lit me up and inspired me over the years. And I feel like a little part of my purpose wouldn't be expressed if I hadn't actually had the opportunity to hear your story and be part of this. So thank you. And so that brings me to my first. I love it too. (laughs) But that brings me to my first question for you is I really want people to understand what One Love Movement is about and why this is so important to you in particular. Well, so before I go into that, I do want to underline what you just said, which is that I think that more times than not, we often play smaller than we are or than we should be. And so me not revealing all of what we're doing to you, but also asking for your help at the same time, you know, before we had actually discovered that neat connection at the Chopra event is an example of kind of hiding in life to where it's easier to hide than to play all out. And when you hide, then people don't know fully what you're up to or what you're after. And then they can't help you either because they don't know the stuff 
that you're up to and then you're left feeling like, oh, no one wants to help me, but really you're not revealing you all your past. Right? I tell people all the time, yeah. you can't get a yes unless you ask. Yeah. And you do say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Because I work with local organizations all the time mm-hmm. and they always say, we're having a trouble with funding or we're having a trouble with this. And I say, well, who have you told that this is a challenge? Well, well we don't want to make people aware that this is a challenge. Well, no, you actually have to make people aware that this is a challenge in order for you to get what you need because people are really moved and inspired by what you're doing and they actually want to help. I can't tell you how many organizations we have worked with over the years where we're hired for corporate social responsibility to literally identify organizations for them to divvy up their money to. And I am on the other end of it where I'm seeking and I'm pulling reports together for businesses to say, this is the charity. This is the impact they make in community. These are their needs. Mm -hmm. And so many people are wanting to hide some of the deficits or some of the challenges because they don't want people to know that it's a struggle sometimes. And they miss opportunities for people to rescue them. I've had clients with articles in the Union Tribune where somebody will literally call from the article and say, what's the gap? What is the need? And they say, you know, $1,500 or $5,000 and somebody will write a check and send it right from there just from reading the article. So it is such a huge reminder, but I think we all hide sometimes. I literally got a haircut this week because I noticed that I was hiding half of my face every day. (laughs) And I thought, like, this is super weird. What else am I hiding? If I'm hiding half of my face, this is such a bizarre thing. And my six-year-old said, I like how your hair is, Mom, because your eyes covered. And I'm like... Well, I must be hiding from somebody. (laughs) It's my mask. So, but we do it all the time. Um, One of the things I try and be really big on is vulnerability and sharing the truth. When somebody asks me how I'm doing, I say, well, interesting you should ask because this is what's up. And it really invites other people, I think, to share their truth too. But I am so grateful that you had the courage on that day to stand in front of this audience of thousands of people to share your story. And one of the things I think that's so cool about you too, is that you've actually hired a coach to help you share your story. Though I was saying to Kim earlier, I was moved by her story then and she didn't have a coach at that time. Right. I did not. Her story is just really good. So tell us about where little Kim began and how your life got here today. (laughs) Little Kim, that's funny. Um, So the reason that I found my purpose is because I had been in a state of, I like to call it bumbling. I'd been in a state of bumbling for years and years. I'm talking like over seven years, probably more like, you know, 10 or so years of just not being sure what I wanted to do or how I wanted to spend my time. And I was feeling like I didn't have a lot of meaning to my life. And I knew that there had to be more to life than what I was doing, which was hanging out with my friends going to my nine to five job and you know, what was your nine to five job back then? I had different stuff. I did temp work for a long time. I was a waitress for a long time. I did like desk temp type work. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have any direction or any passion Mm -hmm. at that time. So I did a bunch of miscellaneous type jobs, but my focus was not my career. My focus was my social life. And my friends, by far. By I remember far. one of the first times I heard you talk, you were like, my biggest problem of the day was what I was going to wear out that night. For sure. For <laughs> sure. And my friends and I were always going back and forth. And we had to have a new outfit to go out with every single week and new shoes. And 
So that was like a big thing that was important to me back then. But then I grew out of that and I started to feel like there has to be more than just what I'm doing. And so I had gone on a humanitarian trip to Haiti. What caused you to go on that trip in the first place? It seems kind of removed from where you Yeah, it does. Thanks for asking that. So in my search of just wanting more in life, I had joined this challenge called the Global Save a Challenge. It no longer exists today, but at the time, this was in 2011, and it was created by this nonprofit called Off the Mad into the World. And the Global Save a Challenge is to raise $20,000 in your community. And if you raise $20,000, then you get sponsored to go on the trip to the country they're supporting, which at that time was Haiti for the aftermath of the earthquake. So I raised over $21,000 in six months with the help of my awesome yoga community. And then I got to go to Haiti in 2012 at the beginning of like February of 2012 and see, you know, how the money was being used along with everyone else that raised the money too. So there were 13 of us and that trip just completely plummeled my life over and transformed anything that I would do going forward. I can remember being in Haiti and at this orphanage and realizing for the first time my own backstory, which is that I was, you know, left by my birth mom at a hospital in Korea. And then I was later put into foster care and then I was adopted by an American family. And while that had never been a secret, I'd always known that, but I hadn't known it. Do you know what I mean by yeah. that? Like you I knew saw, it. You, you were like removed from it. Yeah, you I just, knew you it conceptually story. and yeah. intellectually, but I didn't know it in my heart that that's like where I came from. That's the first time I'd ever been to an orphanage or even to a third world country was in 2012. And wow. so when I had been there, I just dawned on me like, holy shit, this could have been me. And so when I got back to San Diego, I was a mess, Jen. I was like crying all the time and I was crying all the time and I was a mess, but I was also never more inspired in my entire life. And I knew that my life was never going to be the same because I wasn't going to allow it to go back to what it was. I knew that I had to do something that would help all these kids that are never going to get picked like I got picked. And that was the biggest struggle for me, Jen, was that I couldn't understand how unfair it was that we're all the same, but then how come I got this hand of cards and they got that hand of cards? Like I got the royal flush and they got the most random cards ever and look where they are growing up. And so that could have totally been me. And I remember you sharing once that there was a moment where you're holding a little, a baby that was wearing like a dirty diaper and you could feel she had no diapers. She, oh, she had yeah, no diaper. they didn't have diapers. Oh, yeah. right. And she smelled like urine and she had really sticky fingers and she was just gripping onto me. And that was my first conscious feeling of injustice and, you know, the reality of how unfair life is. I felt like thrown in my face because I'd never seen life to be so unfair before. And especially me feeling like I'm a part of the unfairness. I came back having, you know, feeling like an imposter in my life Mm. because I couldn't understand why it was me and not them or why it was me and not that girl or that little boy or, and that's just how it is. Like life is just like that. So regardless of how much those things can pull at our heartstrings and make us, want to help 
life is unfair. And so all of that together combined is the reason why I decided to create One Love Movement. Do you remember the moment that you had the vision of what you were going to do to do something about it? So part of how I raised the majority of the $21,000 is I had done a charity yoga event outside in San Diego. And I had seen in a yoga magazine that they had done this huge free yoga class out in Times Square. And I was like, oh my gosh, why isn't that in San Diego? We have the most amazing weather here. Why isn't one left movement in New York? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) We got to make that happen. So that was kind of like when I first saw the vision, because I saw that article a couple years before I actually took any action towards, because it's very easy. We all know it's super easy to have lots of ideas and be inspired by something, but taking action on what you're inspired by is a whole different story. Well, and that's what yeah, I was sharing with you story. before this, we had coffee and on the walk back, Kim asked me what inspires me to stay motivated. Like what's my love language. And I said, the fact that you take action and you actually take the ideas and the connections and you make something of it and you make a difference and you take the time to do something that I don't have time to do myself, but I want to be a part of. And Mm -hmm. that it's so inspiring for me to be able to play a part in what you're doing. And if it makes any difference, that's inspiring to me. And I love that about you because you do take action. And I think that you have the courage to ask questions to get results. And that's incredible. I mean, we all know it. Like, think about my favorite is when one of my friends is like, oh, my gosh, I thought of that five years ago when some invention comes out or some app comes out. And it's like the person that takes the action is the person that's going to make that happen. So everyone has the ideas, but actually stepping forward. So, yeah, I would say that, like, my first vision to answer your question, my first vision was probably before I went to Haiti because I always knew I wanted to do a big yoga event, but I hadn't known why I would do it or when that would happen. And I honestly don't think I would have taken action on it if I didn't sign up for this challenge to raise $20,000. I know for sure I wouldn't have done it. So that was what catapulted everything. And then when I came back, the vision just got even bigger because I already knew that I wanted to continue doing the yoga event. And I knew now that there was a larger purpose to it, which was my own story behind it. So incredible. Isn't it crazy that you weren't able to see that before this experience that oh my God, takes us really being ready to see our blind spots in order for us mm-hmm. to take that step in our life. It was a surprise. Like none of it was planned, but you know, what's really cool, Jen, is that I was just recently, like probably a month ago, I was teaching one of my normal classes and afterwards I announced my yoga event. Cause at the time it hadn't happened yet. Our eighth annual which a woman, was a huge success. Yeah, a huge success. So a woman comes up to me after class and she says, oh my gosh, have you ever heard of the big yoga class in Times Square? And I was like, what? And she's like, she used to work for that event and put that event on in Times Square. And I just thought that was amazing because that was what I first tore out of the magazine way before I did my own event. Because I tore that out of the magazine and I thought, so again, I want to do she be helping Diego. you to do that in New York? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't that funny though? Like the magic. I love, there's so much magic. Have you read Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic? Yes. It's so good. It kind of, you keep reminding me of that as you're talking. So tell me about your first event that you did and tell me about where it is now. So the first event was in 2011. It was pre an actual formulation of one love, but it was still called one love. And it was at Liberty station. We had, I think 200 people come and all the money went to Haiti 
So fast forward today, we've done eight events now because our eighth annual event just happened. And we had 900 people there. That's incredible. We had a concert for the first time with Trevor Hall, which was very huge for me personally, and only because I have loved his music for like 10 years. So it's really exciting to love someone's craft and then get to actually have them be part of, what be a part of it. Yeah. So that was a very special moment and exciting moment for me was to have him come to San Diego and do that event. And then we did a live podcast recording on stage with him as well. And that's something that you do. You have your own podcast. And yeah. can you share a little bit about some of the interviews that people could find and what they should be looking for to find it? It's just called One Love Movement, which is the same name as the nonprofit. And it's on Spotify, iTunes. It's hosted on the Yoga Digest platform. And then also you can find it on our website. So yeah. Awesome. Who are some it's of your, the people that you've interviewed besides Trevor Hall? <laughs> Trevor Hall, yeah. Carrie Walsh Jennings, thanks to you, Jen. Amazing. Jen set that up for us. And Carrie was also our keynote last year for mm-hmm. seven. For those of you who may not know, Carrie Walsh Jennings is a three-time gold medal, one-time bronze beach volleyball Olympian, and she's headed to Tokyo in 2020, which will be really exciting but just a totally inspiring, uplifting human being who everything is big in her world. She Uh just goes for it. Yeah. Carrie is one of those people that I feel super honored to have her friendship and be in connection with her. And she's amazing, but yeah, but thanks to you for that, that connection with us getting to have her. So it's just been a lot of fun to get to meet people and be inspired by hearing people's stories I got to interview Sean Korn, who was, that was really special for me too, because she is the founder of Off the Mat Into the World, which is the organization that I joined the Save a Challenge for, for Haiti. And so that was a big full circle moment for me. And then she also came to San Diego and we did a live event with her. So So that was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So I want to hear a little bit about the impact that you've made because I know it's huge and what the result is of all these successful events. So the great thing about our events, but it's also very, very challenging, is that we always get 100% sponsorship for the events because just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean you get free stuff left and right, which a lot of people think so. You might get a discount on something like 20% off, but you don't get stuff for free. And so we still have to pay for our events just how any other company would have to pay for their events. So we have expenses for sure. And we get companies and individuals to sponsor those. So I'm really proud of those relationships to make that happen. We need a lot of money to make these events happen. What's Um, your approach for getting sponsors for those people who are listening who might have organizations that have been struggling with it? Because it is difficult for people to lock in sponsors. It is. I don't really know, to be honest, because what I do know is that I stress about it every single year and every single year. I always have full sponsorship and above that. And every single year I do little to no outreach. And at this point I have returning sponsors. I have a lot of people from my yoga community that have just seen one love grow over the years. And so I think that's a lot of it too, is that my community has watched the organization and the event grow. So they want to be a part of it and they want to support it because it's also grassroots and it's local. So I think the best way to get sponsorship is to get out into your community and share your story story, be open to what you're doing and to talk about it. Because oftentimes I won't talk about things I'm doing because I don't want to sound like I'm bragging 
to that. When clients say things like that to me, I always say you have to get out of the way because it's not bragging. If you're really committed to making the impact that you're committed to making, you have to speak up. People want to be involved in the kind of things that you're doing because they don't have a story like yours. But people like me, for example, my personal vision is a world where children are educated and safe. I don't get to do that specifically every single day through my own company, but through my clients, I have the opportunity to impact the lives of children. And so I get to fulfill something that's so important to me through supporting an organization like yours. And so I think it's so important for people like you to recognize that your story moves and inspires people. That's why you're so lucky to get to do this work and be on the front line and that this idea magically came to you and you had the courage to step into it and actually see it through. And so it's a conversation I have on a regular basis. Put your ego to the side and leverage yourself for this huge opportunity for those children that don't have diapers or don't have nourishment that they need because their life depends on it. Yeah. And you're right. That is all ego. It's all because ego doesn't necessarily mean that you think you're great. Ego is all of your fears. Totally. So whenever you have a fear, that's your ego talking, which is like fear of they're going to say no or fear that they're going to think that how will you look talking about myself too much or fear that there's so many fears that can creep up when you're asking for something or fear of rejection or Or just going back to the story that I shared about how I met you. I get called about yoga events all the time. I've never been called about a yoga event by somebody who is serving the community that saved them as a child. And I had not thought about the current state of orphanages in a long time or what that means for the children that are left behind. And as soon as it was brought to my attention, I stirred on it and stirred on it. And I still spend free time thinking about what you do and how I can be more involved because it is so important and giving people the opportunity to be a part of it through sponsorship or mm-hmm. whoever they can show up, I think is so powerful. Yeah. But I just acknowledge you so much for what you're creating is so great. The fact that you don't have to actively reach out is incredible, but I would challenge what would happen if you did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely stress about it, but then it always seems to come to like show up. But I, I think a, another thing too, is that you also want to be clear on what you're supporting and doing. Cause sometimes I'll forget to say, Oh, we have a shelter in India that we've been supporting for five years. And that's like the ticket that the person's like, what? I didn't know that because for me, I often operate in a world where I feel like everyone knows what I know. You know how it's easy to do that? Like think that, think that what you know is what they know. And so I'll get stuck in a red of being like, well, don't say no that, but it's like people don't know. And people aren't focused on your life. People are focused on their own life. So you have to point things out to people. You one know. supports all the funding for one organization, correct? Is that which organization is that? Is that the one in India? Oh, yeah. So the shelter in India, we don't own the shelter, but we're the fiduciary of the shelter. So we pay for the costs. And That's like incredible. That kids. Yeah. That's a huge accomplishment. So. That is not a small feat. And what else have you been up to? So there's more than just that shelter that you're supporting. Can you share a little bit more about the other organizations that you work with? Yeah. Well, thanks to our yoga event, to everyone that shows up and to our sponsors, because 
then the people that buy tickets to come to the yoga event, that money becomes the donation that we get to distribute out. So it's really the whole San Diego community coming together and raising all this money. And then we just get to write the checks, which is like the funnest part. And so this year we supported Migrant Shelter here in San Diego, which takes in you know, mothers and families from other countries that come in through the Mexico border. And that was really important to me to like do something that would activate in the realm of migration and immigration. And so that was one of our beneficiaries this year. And that's through San Diego Rapid Response Network. And then the other one is through Voices for Children, which is an organization that brings court appointees to support foster kids. So I just learned this this year, Jen, but foster kids have to go in front of a court to determine where they're going to live and who they're going to stay with. And if they're going to be turned over to social services. And I had no idea that was even, I didn't know recently until a video mm -hmm. that I watched a colleague of mine actually participated in the, or created this video. And so I saw the video and it, I always had heard of voices for children but I didn't quite understand that it was actually like to find advocates for these kids to protect them from the system. Yeah, because um, the system, I mean, it's not to say that the system is necessarily doing bad. It's more that the system doesn't know that kid. Whereas if you get a court appointee, they get to know the kid. So they're going to advocate for what is right for that kid's situation. And that's so important because you might be a baby. It might be a baby. It might be a five-year-old or a six-year-old or a seven-year-old. Can you imagine going in front of a court and being all by yourself and with no. a stranger that's standing next to you that thinks they know you, but they just met you a few hours ago? It's heartbreaking. And how can that person even advocate for you? I mean, of course, I think they're doing good, so I'm not saying they're not doing good, but it's different to advocate for somebody if you know that they have anxiety and asthma and they've been abused. Like if you know their story, you can advocate for them differently than if you are just showing up and doing your job and trying to help this kid. It's totally different. So I didn't even know that was a thing. I never knew that existed. So that was a really exciting project to get to do and give money to. And then in the past, we've had other projects as well here in San Diego, but the majority of the stuff we do is in locally in San Diego. That's incredible. Since this is usually a conversation about marketing and public relations, sometimes we talk with people like you who deserve the illumination for all the greatness that you're doing in the world. I wanted to ask how marketing and public relations has played a role in your success. Oh my gosh, huge. I mean, sometimes I feel like an imposter when people are like, oh my gosh, you were on every single news station this year, or the Union Tribune did a huge page on you, or things like that. Like, I feel like an imposter because I'm like, well, it only happens because we have like a marketing and a PR firm. Like, those things don't happen, at least for me, anyways. I'm sure they do if you're someone super famous, but they don't just happen for someone unless you have somebody that's out there sharing your story and your purpose to publications to news stations to different forms of media so that they are aware of what you're doing and that's what gets you those acknowledgments and so PR and has been ginormous for us and working especially this year we had more PR than we've ever had before and it wasn't anything that I did. I mean, of course, my organization, my story, but 
it's not like I was reaching out to these companies and having that relationship with them for them to see what we're doing to then be able to share on their platform what we're doing. Well, it is you. It's your story. It's your courage. And I I say that to all of our clients because we work with One Love Movement on their event. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is critical, I say the secret ingredient to every campaign is actually courage. It's courage for whoever is in charge to share their story, Mm -hmm. to be available, to be physically present for those TV interviews or to participate in those interviews and to reveal themselves so that there is a story to share. Mm -hmm. We all have a story. Some stories are more interesting or heartwarming than others. Some are triumphant, some are sad. And yours kind of brings all those pieces together. And then the fact that you advocate for other children like yourself is so huge. But you do bring up a good point. If you aren't willing to get your story out there, other people are. And you might miss the opportunity to have that traction. Again, it's like getting out of your own way to allow people to see what you're doing. Because once it's illuminated, they want to participate and be involved. It's just a matter of getting the information into the right ears so that they can show up the way they want to show Mm -hmm. up too. Basically PR and the way I summarize it is PR is an advocate for what you're doing. And it's almost like it's easier to have someone else brag about you than to you walk around and brag about yourself to all these companies. It feels more comfortable. Yeah. And that's what it would be like. (laughs) It would be me knocking on all these doors and they'd be like, who are you? Where I have, you know, you guys working for us, generously working for us and sharing what our journey is in order to have people hop on board and to support that. So, oh my God, like PR is huge. I would be bummed if you ever said no one year. (laughs) (laughs) I hate how quickly the time goes by because my intention is always to figure out how can we actually elevate it even further because Mm -hmm. there's got to be more needs. Like what's next for One Love Movement beyond your podcast, which is very successful and your annual event. Are there other opportunities that you guys are looking at where maybe you have needs that somebody listening might be able to support you in that next step? Yeah, I mean, my dream is to have our podcast event, which is just bringing the guests live, and it's an on-stage interview. My dream is to have that be like picked up somehow by a television network or someone that can sponsor it and house it, and then I would just produce it like I'm doing right now. Amazing. And who are some of your dream interviews that you haven't done yet that you'd like to see happen? Ooh, dream. Uh, Ellen, Oprah, Michelle. I mean, all the first name people. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, I have a dream to connect with Alanis Morissette. Mm. Whoa, you're the second person that I've interviewed who has Alanis Morissette as their dream interview. (gasps) Well, I reached out to her to play a concert for our next Mm. event, so who knows if that's going to happen. And then, I mean, I have lots of musicians on my list because I love music so much. Yeah. Yeah. But for sure, you know, Oprah, Michelle, Ellen, I'm getting more into like advocating for the world, not just for things that are local. So I'm really interested in politics. I'm really interested in... This is the first time I'm interested in politics, yeah, really. really. I mean, the 2020 election that's coming up. Um, I was in the last election as well. And even in the 
prior one, but I feel the most heated passion. Me too. This year. And really like it gives when me high blood pressure when I yes. think about it. Yeah. And I just want everybody to care the way that I care because I know that that's the difference that will make the difference if we are all in a state of taking action instead of just letting stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I feel that I would love to interview and connect and share stories from, you know, like the United Nations or from like, I want to get more involved into that kind of that's really cool that realm of life, which I haven't really thought about too much except for like this year. So cool. Well, I'm happy to hear you say that. (laughs) What's coming up for One Love in the near future? I don't know right now working on a couple events, which I'm not sure if they'll like although come into fruition yet. So I feel like it's a little too early to say those out loud. Well, I guess I could say this because it's an open public thing, but I applied or I submitted my podcast event to KPBS. So every year they ask for a request for ideas. Fantastic. And so I submitted my show as One Love San Diego would be the title. Wonderful. And it would be highlighting just amazing stories of people doing good and of people changing the city and helping kids. So that's kind of the thing that I'm super excited about and waiting to hear back on. But yeah, so I feel like I can say that because that's a public thing that anyone can apply for. So (laughs) while we wrap this up, I'd love for you to share any advice that you have for somebody listening who has an idea, a passion project right now in their heart that they are wanting to start, but don't know what steps to take. The first thing that comes to mind is to not overthink anything and just start by doing one thing a day or one thing every two days, depending on how busy you are. If you have like kids and, you know, I don't have kids, so I don't have other stuff to watch out for. But I would say you have to just do one thing because it's not like you suddenly get somewhere. You get somewhere over long bouts of time. It's not like, oh, I woke up one day and then all these things fell in my lap and suddenly I had all these things that had happened. Nobody's an overnight success. And I think there's this preconceived notion that things happen for certain people magically and overnight. And while I do believe in magic for sure, I also know that you have to do the work. You have to take action. You have to show up for yourself and for other people. What I always think about is, had I taken action when I first really wanted to and thought about something, fast forward, it's six months later, like think of where I would have been had I done action when I first thought about it. Mm -hmm. So that's what always inspires me is that time flies by so fast that if you just do something small every single day or once a week or whatever that is, then when you look back three months later, four months later, five months later, you will, without a doubt, be in a totally different place because of the energy and the action you put towards something. And then that's when, like, I feel that once you are in alignment with your purpose, and even if you don't know what your purpose is, is you can be in alignment with your soul by doing what feels authentically true to your intuition and your heart and your mind. Then when you choose based on your own truth, then before you know it, things come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm that support that truth because you're in the flow of your life. Totally. Mm -hmm. My business coach said to me one day that materializing happens when your heart and your mind are in alignment. Mm -hmm. And it's so true, I think, but that's such great advice. And thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for taking time to be with me today to share your story 
and to talk about One Love Movement and where you've been and where you're headed and the impact that you're making in the world. And I have to say, Jen, we have so much of a presence because of how you advocate for us Uh, and get the word out. And it's a real true honor for me. I love what you do so much. I always say to people that Olive gets involved when people bring me to tears. And when I heard your story, I was in total awe that you hadn't shared that with me when you were trying to get services and that you also approached it in such a classy way because you didn't approach me for pro bono. You were reaching out to me for a legitimate budget for your event to shop around and you never once asked for anything. And we always say that's really the difference. Like when we, it's kind of our idea when we do pro bono work because we're so moved and inspired that we can't stand to not say yes. And what you've created and the lives that you impact are so important. And we just feel really honored and grateful to have the opportunity to participate even in such a small way, because it's really all of you and the community that makes the difference. So thank you for what you do. Well, I mean, thank you. I can't imagine not having a PR group. I can't, I cannot imagine it. I'm the grateful one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for Illuminate Greatness. I didn't tell her to say any of that. Yeah, she did not. I (laughs) just always am afraid that Jen will not understand how much I appreciate her. So when I have the chance, I want to shout her out. (laughs) (laughs) You're so great. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you so much. Interested in receiving free marketing and public relations resources? Visit IlluminateGreatness.com and subscribe to our newsletter to receive valuable weekly content that will inspire you and help you grow your business. That's IlluminateGreatness.com. Thank you for listening to the Illuminate Greatness podcast brought to you by Olive Creative Strategies.